Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by CFM. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Tiered van Capella of AI Liftoff, the brand new provider of alternative data solutions, with the first being Spoiler, which uses natural language understanding with earning statements to predict future surprises. In our conversation, Tiered and I talk through the logistics around leaving NNIP and creating a new data provider and Spoiler's characteristics. If you have a data set that might be of interest for the podcast, please get in touch. So in this episode, I'm joined by Tiered Fun Capella uh, of AI Liftoff. Uh, thanks very much for joining us today, Tiered. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Excellent. Um, Tiered, AI Liftoff is a very new name on the scene. Um, you've, you've, uh, I, I saw, I actually, I saw you came across my LinkedIn quite recently um, because you were leaving NNIP, um, who has been the subject of a, of a previous podcast episode um and i and i thought to myself hmm, i wonder i wonder where he's going um and then uh here we are your where you're going is to create a alternative data set of your own um alternative data company um called ai liftoff so um so congratulations on the on the new launch and the and the new project um Perhaps the best way to start would be just to quickly lay out what ai liftoff is will be yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so AI Liftoff um, is a company that is uh, focused on uh, on investments, obviously. And uh, yeah, we are uh, doing uh, anything with uh, artificial intelligence techniques uh, to help investors increase their returns. That that is that is uh, what it is about. And yeah, the first product that we uh, that we are launching, uh, which is called uh, Spoiler. Uh, is doing uh, just that. It is uh, providing uh, revenue forecasts and earnings forecasts to investors uh, using both uh, numerical techniques and uh, techniques on uh, unstructured uh, data. And uh, yeah, that is uh, that's an excellent example of, of things that we will be doing. Fantastic. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, um, why don't we just start quickly by talking about then your your background, how, how this came about, because you've been at NNIP for a long time. How did you come to have the, the, the realization that um, AI liftoff and, and, and spoiler by, by extension was what the, what the world needed? Yeah, it, it, um, it came about uh, gradually, I think, uh, over the past uh, couple of years. So I, I've, I've, like you say, I've been at NN Investment Partners for 16 years. I started, uh, I've done different asset classes, started as a quant researchers focusing on uh, uh, high yield bonds, uh, emerging market debt, then moved over to the multi-asset space, uh, did LDI for a few years and uh, as of late, uh, I'm heading uh, the AI equity team. And what does what does AI AI equity is essentially using AI machine learning techniques on the equity market? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that is uh, that is uh, really uh, in our DNA. Um, 
and as well as uh, an uh, adaptive uh, philosophy uh, on the markets. So it was uh, what we do was very much also uh, inspired by the work uh, by Andrew Lowe. Who is Andrew Lowe? Andrew Lowe is uh, the, um, the the guy who uh, invented the uh, adaptive market hypothesis, which kind of balances the uh let's say the the equilibrium view that more the economists uh have with uh, the behavioral view of, of behavioral economists so the idea that the that might left to its own devices the market will is all you need essentially it, it it will always find equilibrium and always be be a perfect solution and then the counter against that which is actually that people are people are weird and don't yeah. necessarily uh do exactly what they're supposed to do and and um, follow the incentives that economists claim that they will. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that is uh, so he balances the argument uh, of rationality and irrationality. Uh, anyhow, that is that is uh, we could do in a completely different episode on that. I think. <laughs> I mean, uh, but but, just, but just quickly, just quickly on that, uh, do you do you approach it in terms of both sides of the argument have? A point and so either so because because if you were focusing on the kind of rational rational markets argument then you would try and find irrationality and trade it essentially or if you're focusing on the behavioral side then you would be trying to predict what craziness uh, crazy behavior people were about to have or do you by 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 approaching the subject are you are you kind of paying respect to both sides of the argument and saying in some cases this and in some cases that yeah that is uh, I, I think that is uh, a good way to describe it indeed that you 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 see both sides of the coin okay okay jolly good um okay so so as you were saying how did uh, how did it come about yeah so for me uh, there is the, the personal thing that i uh, really enjoyed and like um uh, uh, the work with the data, the uh, uh, the application of the latest uh, AI techniques. Yeah? So for me personally, a move like this is is something that uh, that that fits uh, uh, that, that fits my personal ambitions. Yeah? So that is, I think, one thing you need. But then to answer your question, okay, but why does the world need this? Is what I notice is that. Uh, in all their ambitions, it is for asset managers very hard to uh, have the right people, have the right resources, uh, have the perseverance uh, to really do long deep learning projects. And 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 that is uh, and there are certainly asset managers who can do that, but there are a lot who can't. And that is uh, a gap that uh, that I try to fill. Okay. So the idea being that asset managers, so um, asset managers just want the insight ultimately, and they don't necessarily have the the time, the inclination, or the or the money to be, or the you know the the the, the wherewithal to be able to get into the kind of the the types of technical work that that you were comfortable doing at NNIP. So if you were if you could create a um, a, a market op opportunity, a market alternative, which would, and so they could buy that off the shelf a little bit without having to build it in 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 house. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So that is um, that is exactly what I do. And one of the nice things that uh, that I will be offering, because uh, you already touched upon uh, 
off the shelf is it that's a discussion you see a lot of times uh, not only uh, at nnip but also at other asset managers do you buy something uh, off the shelf or do you build it uh, your own and with uh, with the spoiler data set i offer the opportunity that actually the way it is created can be customized to the exact needs of uh, of the buyer yeah, so that it uh, fits uh, their investment process and and in that way i hope that i can make that equation uh, a little bit easier to solve that there is not that much of a trade-off anymore between uh, buying or building brilliant okay so um we've we've touched on it um a couple of times but this spoiler data set and it's and it's rather archly named um uh, because it's 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 it provides surprise uh, information about surprises so it's called spoiler as i understand it in order to because it's because it's 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 giving a spoiler on what's going to happen in the market um exactly but... if you if you want to be surprised don't buy it but otherwise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ruin the ending for everyone yeah um but uh but so tell me more about about spoiler what's uh what does the data set look like yeah so it is um so what what uh, so i'll tell a little bit also about uh the, the the data gathering so what we gather is uh the quarterly and annual reports uh of companies and their uh and their uh, press releases uh, that go with it and from that we extract uh, numerical data think about the income statement uh, the guidance and we extract the textual data and especially the textual data is used with a specially trained uh, deep learning model uh, to forecast the surprise in uh, revenue in earnings uh, we also uh, get a sentiment score out of it so uh, in total I believe we uh, give uh, over 30 data items uh, per uh, uh, per company, but but I think the most important one are the are our spoiler scores. Yeah? So the spoiler score on revenue and the spoiler score on on earnings. Uh, some uh, identifiers we also give uh, yeah, the numbers from the, the the main numbers from the income statement uh, as well as the guidance. Uh, okay. So, um, so as I understand, so we have obviously we have the earning statement which is coming out every every three months or so, or every three months, and um, that is a statement which contains an awful lot of information. It contains um, the the opinions, the thoughts, the, the 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 guidance from the company as to as to how the last period has been and and where the where the next period they think is going, um, and then all the numbers are, are released at the same time, which are showing, you know, revenue and sales and and um, and how in numbers terms how everything has 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 been has been going essentially, um, and these earning statements have been crawled over an awful lot by um by investors and by by data providers and and the traditional approach i would say um has been up to now has been doing sentiment analysis on um on the text quite a lot um well sorry the traditional traditional approach was <laughs> looking at the numbers <laughs> just looking at the numbers and then reading it and having a think about what you thought uh, the the text meant um but then doing sentiment analysis on the text um 
and seeing if that's overall positive or negative. How are you different to um, to the traditional uh, the traditional alternative data approach of of just doing just doing sentiment analysis on the text? Yeah, so I think the main difference is that we uh, focus on uh, predicting uh, a fundamental value, uh, a sentiment score. That the yeah that that's something you can derive uh, from from text, and that uh, yeah actually it says how things are are are, are stated. And let's say if uh, if uh, it happens that. Uh, you get sacked because a company is downsizing, or you get sacked because a company is right-sizing. For a sentiment indicator, right-sizing sounds a lot better than downsizing, but the result in both instances is that you're sacked. And and this model uh, that we developed looks more about what is meant, not about how it is said, but what is it that uh, that is meant. And it is specifically trained uh, to get that, that information that is extra compared to what is already in the numbers. Mm. And that is, uh, th those two things together, yeah, that is a hard job to do. And yeah, I think we crack that. And that is how we uh, want to bring this uh, to the market. How you differentiate yourselves. Um, do you, uh, was there was there a connection with the numbers as well? Do you, you're using, I, 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 I understood that you're using, you know, the, the is it that also that the 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 model tells you that you know yeah. the numbers are bad and so then you can attach that to mm -hmm. the analysis the textual analysis as well and then you can build the overall picture whereas perhaps other uh data providers sometimes just focused on the text yeah or just focus on the data yeah exactly that is uh, so that is uh, that is the combination uh, that we use that that really makes the model stronger uh, and the reason that it makes it stronger is that the numbers already tell a lot. Mm. And so I think if you look at uh, uh, U.S. Uh, software companies, and uh, and and by just looking at uh, the numbers, you can uh, rank them in uh, in in next quarter's uh, growth, and the rank that you if just based on the numbers will already have a 70% correlation with the actual growth that will uh, that will happen. Mm. So you get really a lot of uh, quality information from from numbers. But then the thing is that if you use it information for investment purposes, it's not as useful as uh, as the information uh, that is actually relative to that. That's so what we call the surprise, mm. uh, because yeah, the numbers that is uh, Analysts have been uh, uh, around for quite some time to uh, to do the number crunching, and they're quite good at it. So you really need to some find something extra, and that is what we do with uh, with spoiler. Hmm. Um, what's your universe? What's your what's your area of focus? Yeah, so it is uh, North North America, um, and obviously we are looking uh, to expand it because yeah, we have trained the model. Uh, it can be uh, applied to uh, to other regions as well. Uh, but uh, in North America, there is uh, a great deal of data. It is standardized. It uh, is uh, released every quarter. Uh, so, so that is uh, that's our universe, and it's not uh, not a small universe. Huh? So we're talking about more than 3,700 listed companies, and with the total number of companies, we are a little bit south of uh, 
of 5,000 companies uh, in our universe at the moment. Hmm. And what's the length of your data? How far back does it go? Yeah, so uh, the the backfill data that uh, that we provide uh, to prospects and clients starts in 2002. And we have data going back to 1994, but yeah, we used it the first uh, couple of years for training. So it wouldn't be fair to uh, to give that for uh, backtest purposes, but yeah. Okay. Um, and who do you picture using this data? Who do you th do you have a do you have a clear customer in mind? Um, obviously, it's early days, so I wouldn't expect you to have that many signed up necessarily, or maybe you do. But um, do you have the the clear vision of who you think will? Did you have someone in mind when you when you were creating it? Well. I, I would say uh, it can be used by a lot of different type of uh, investors. It could even be used by risk teams, but I would say uh, the ideal uh, client for which this is a, a perfect fit, I would say is a quantitative uh, investor or an investor that largely uh, does do things quantitatively uh, and just doesn't have, have the scope or the appetite to uh, develop a model like this uh, herself. Um, that said, I think also uh, fundamental investors uh, uh, can easily uh, use it uh, either to, to guide uh, themselves to companies they want to investigate or, or as additional input into their, uh, their scorecards. Um, yeah. What I see in, um, in, in I, I just launched uh, the data set and, uh, and I got some early indicators uh, of, uh, of people that want to, uh, want to try out. And then you see that those are the companies that move fast. And then, then you need to think about uh, more the quantitative hedge funds. But yeah, whether that is the ideal client, I don't know. That is that, that time, time will tell. So how was it in terms of you, you've, um, you've, AI liftoff um, begins in April, 2022. Um, I, I think you've left NNIP more recently, so there'll be a, there'll be a setup period, but um, how was the process of, of creating this, of coming up with a data set of what have you found has been easier than you expected, harder than you expected? How's the, how's that process been? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely, uh... <laughs> Uh, you definitely get a lot of uh, unexpected things. Well, one of the things, um, and well, I don't know, I don't want to call it hard, but uh, but still, it takes a lot of time. And there, when you set up a company in general, uh, there's a lot of things uh, you need to arrange, and most of those you need to do once. But yeah, uh, when you start, they all come at once. So that is uh, that's very. Uh, very intense and then you have to think uh, like I, I hired uh, a few people uh, on the data science side and yeah then you need a contract so you need to talk to a lawyer uh, what can be in a contract what can't be in a contract um, what uh, surprised me on the on the positive side uh, is all, all the enthusiasm uh, which I meet eh? so if I tell people about this idea or uh, also about starting uh, my own company uh, people react uh, enthusiastically. Yeah, that is uh, that's that's very helpful. That uh, that uh, that gives me uh, yeah also boosts my confidence. So 
-hmm. those are uh, those are good things um in terms about thinking about data uh, it also changes so when i was uh, at nnip you uh, scan through uh, data sets and you look okay that's not applicable to us that is applicable and so it's very much focused on on your own uh, investment process but now i'm on the other other side and and then you start to think, okay, how can I make things that are widely applicable? That uh, how can I provide it in such a way that that uh, that is useful for everyone? Mm. And and that uh, that's also a change. But yeah, setting setting it up, um, it it's not not that difficult, but it is a lot. What about from a technical perspective, in terms of the the technical requirements of? creating your data set and having and what is there a is there a headache around that you have to think through around how am i going to deliver this to um you know potential customers how am i going you know the the logistics of of uh, manipulating well you're used to manipulating data for a living but what about um kind of owning it and delivering it is that is that a new challenge for you mm, no nah, it is uh it is it is indeed challenging but i think that Technology nowadays is uh, is is very robust. Yeah? So I think my biggest headache is uh, surrounding security. Yeah? That that all uh, the data and also that uh, when I work together with colleagues, that uh, that everything is uh, secure. Uh, but but in terms of scalability and and yeah, what you can do with uh, with with all the hardware and with the cloud environment, uh, that is uh, that's not so much of a of a headache, I must say. Yeah. So also, in, in delivery will be through the cloud or yeah, whatever. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm I'm flexible. Whatever Snowflake clients clients want. Uh, that that that's. Uh, is it on? Is it on Snowflake? It's uh it's on AWS. Uh, if it's necessary, it could also be on Snowflake. Yeah. Okay, um, and did did some of these so by definition you have to make decisions? I'd suspect a lot of these decisions were kind of inherited from your previous life. I imagine that's maybe that's what you were familiar with from your previous world. So it's kind of a, a carrying on, and potentially as you go, you may find that there are there are better um, technical solutions to your new problems that you have. Yeah, so. Well, I think what what you what you inherit uh, through your career is at least that you know about uh, about the things that uh, that work and 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 uh, and the things that don't work. Uh, but I must say, in, in terms of technology, um, like not necessarily at NNIP, but I think at any larger companies, you you're always held a little bit held back by yeah, what the uh, what the company standards are, what uh, what can be done under the compliance rules, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, when you when you run your own business, you can uh, really look for the latest and greatest uh, uh, solutions. So that is, uh, yeah, that is what I did, and mm -hmm. that is that, uh, and that already makes things uh, easier and 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 uh, and sometimes faster than uh, than I was able to in, uh, in at NNP. 
did you did you consider the because quite a lot of it has been written about the the kind of commercials of data companies which are obviously becoming more and more um important uh, as as data you know comes to dominate our lives then the com- then data companies become more important and then the commercials of being a data data company are you are you um was that one of the attractions the kind of the owning a data set which then i don't know which things like it then uh pays for itself in in terms of you you your your accumulate it gets more valuable as time goes on for example as your as 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 you get more history and and um i don't know so there are there are basic commercial aspects of being a data company what did, did are they attractive or do you see them as being you know a challenge but you want to own a data company anyway no there is uh, the one aspect that i would say is um that the sooner you start to become a data business and uh, uh, the more history you will get uh, through time. Hmm. So I think for data company, it, it, it Don't pays. Don't delay, do it, it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it pays off to uh, to be in the business for a longer time than a, rather than a, than a short time. Um, so that is uh, that is one thing that uh, that struck me. Sounds like uh, crypto, did. Got it. We're all going to be data data companies eventually. So you got to you got to start yours now in order to get. The best but it job. was uh, no, it was on the cards anyhow. So it it is uh, it is something uh, yeah that I that I want to do and. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and and marketing wise, you've obviously you're 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 here on the the premier um, podcast for the for the space. So uh, so congratulate. No, <laughs> no I'll, I'll stop. Um, you you have, obviously say so you're you're on this podcast, um, and I believe you're speaking at New Data in in San Francisco as well. Have you found have you found kind of the marketing side to be a bit of an open door as well? That there's a lot of opportunities to to get the word out, um, and you just need to you know go and ask, and 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 the door opens. Or, or has that been a challenge more more than you thought? No, there I I, I don't don't think it's a, it's a challenge. So. Um... There's a lot of opportunities where uh, where you can uh, get the word out, where you can speak. Uh, people will listen, uh, so that is also something um, that I found that most people that I speak to uh, are curious, are interested, and it is also in a way sold in a technical manner. Uh, in the end, uh, people with trial data look at what it is worth and, and make a decision. And that can be that can be uh, different for them. That, that depends also on on how they will be using it, what their investment horizon is, what their universe is. Um, but it is, uh, yeah. I think it's in that way different than uh, than uh, than selling a car. Uh, that's more about the image the car has and uh, and so on. But in this case, the data people will, will sell look. Itself. The the people will look at what the merits are of the data and then uh, then make their decision. Fantastic. Um, is there anything we should we should have mentioned that we that we haven't mentioned so far in the in the conversation? Um, I think we covered uh, the main parts. Most 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 of what we're doing. Yeah. yeah Fantastic. So. Well, I mean, you've you've. Uh... You've you've only been doing it for a few months, so uh, so it's it's uh, it's impressive that how much you've done type thing. It's um it's great. Um, 
So brilliant. Well, Tid, uh, thank you very much. Um, great to great to hear about uh, spoiler and AI liftoff, and um, and look forward to to seeing, um, well, to, to 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 watching your success in the near future. Yes, thank you. 